Hi, my name's Angeline, and, and I'm Elizabeth. <laughs> Welcome to Pluto is Also a Planet, and today we're going to be dis- discussing the sun is also a star. Yep, so for our first question, it was, uh, where do you see the most significant example of injustice in your novel? Angeline, what do you have to say? So, I chose, I chose Daniel's relationship with his parents, so growing up, Um, He had an older brother, which was perfect at everything, so his parents favored him a lot over him. And I chose the quote, Who cares what you want? The only thing that matters is what's good for you. Your mother and I only care about what's good for you. You go to school, become a doctor, you be successful, then you never have to work in a store like this again. From page 235. And I chose this because um, ever since his elder brother got, like, dropped from Harvard, all the pressure has just dramatically shifted to him. So now he's feeling this overwhelming need to, like, satisfy his parents. AKA becoming a doctor, going to Yale, all that stuff. But he truly likes poetry and his passion is in that as well. So he struggles to pick between his parents' expectations and his own identity. And he struggles for that with that for like a while in the book until he meets he meets Natasha. I totally agree. Like I think um, meeting someone who makes a big impact on your life can definitely change you. And um, also about like injustice. Um, I feel like a lot of the time parents kind of like put pressure on you, especially right now with online school, mm-hmm. like with mental health and getting good grades. It's like it feels like getting good grades is the top priority all the time versus actually like making sure that you're OK while you're isolated. You know, mm-hmm. you've been away from everyone. You know, it's kind of just they kind of put a lot of pressure on you. So I can totally understand where Daniel's feeling. Yeah, right I agree with that. Yeah. So for mine. Um, I'm kind of talking about when Natasha's family was, um, when they were told that they had to be deported. And so the quote from that is, do you have any idea what it's like not to fit in anywhere? Again, I say it too quiet to be heard. Again, he hears me. And that's on Union 23. Um, this one is pretty significant in my opinion because Natasha, she's grown up in America. Like, you know, she's like, she's met a lot of friends. She's made a boyfriend. She's... Um, she says she hasn't fallen in love, but I don't know about that. This is a romance novel. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and just, it's just we've gotten to know her, and we know that she has, like, she's grown up, like, as an American citizen. So she's all of a sudden being, like, stripped of everything that she's grown up knowing, like, everything about her. And when she says, do you have any idea what it's like not to fit in anywhere? I feel like that's really, like, hard for her because she's being told that she's not who she's grown up being told she was. Like, she's not her entire being yeah like she's being like completely invalidated and calling like an outsider even though she's grown up here all her life mm-hmm. and on the top of that she's suffering um the consequences of what her father did mm-hmm. and which is really unfair because she never, never really did anything and it's being taken out on her and she has to struggle through the stress of trying not to like trying to like beat the deport system deportation yeah. system i feel like the father's the one to blame this entire thing not gonna lie yes okay <laughs> So the next question was that, why do people remain silent when it comes to injustice? And I talked about how usually the oppressor of injustice or the person inflicting it often has power over the person struggling with it. Like whether it be like pressuring them to keep silent or like just having like this power over them. Mm -hmm. So I chose the quote, it's even longer to spend it chasing dreams that can never ever come true. Wait, I say, I put my arm on her shoulder. Um, Who says they can't come true? This earns a sideways gaze. Please, do you know how many people want to become actors, writers, or rock stars? A lot. 99.9% of them will make it. 0.9% of those will be left to make, to barely make money doing it. So this was Natasha talking to Daniel about his 
career choices and his passion to become a poet, a, a person that writes poetry. And so she's like invalidating his passions, kind of telling him that he'll never make it, he won't be successful. So like you shouldn't even start, you should just listen to what your parents say, which is really defeating because, you know, if someone just straight up told you what you really loved in life and you just shouldn't pursue it because you're, um, you're, good, you're just going to fail without even knowing you, you'd take a lot of offense to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really mad at Natasha for this. I know she was trying to be logical, but, like, that's crushing to have someone that you have, like, a crush on, especially, to, like, tell you that you're not going to make it in life, like, and not to follow your dreams and passions. Like, that just really must hurt. So I sympathize for Daniel here. (laughs) Um, And for me, I said the reason that some people remain silent, I said one of the reasons is because they don't know what to say. So for my quote, I used, you're still here illegally, he says, but his voice is not as hard as before. Um, and that's when the lawyer was telling Natasha that she's still an immigrant, well, she's still here illegally. And so she's not like really American citizen, so he can't help her. But I think it's because he didn't know what to say. I think um, he was too transfixed in his own world to really care about what was going on in her world. And then on top of that, we um, know that he went there for vacation, but he didn't leave the grounds of the resort that they were staying at because, well, it's dangerous. And so he was really kind of just trying to, trying to kind of quiet her emotions and stuff. And so it's kind of upsetting. Yeah, I agree with that. Usually when you don't know someone or don't bother to know their story, you don't feel a lot of sympathy for them and you often overlook their feelings. But once you get to know someone, you're probably gonna you know, change your opinions on a lot of things. Yeah. So I chose the scenario where um, a family-owned record shop got stolen in the first few chapters of the book, mm-hmm. and the quote I chose was, Red Tie got even louder. This is an independent record store. That means that it's family-owned. You're stealing from real people. Do you know how hard it is for small business to survive when people like you take stuff? I chose this quote specifically because um, Daniel also has a family-owned business of um, hair supplies. So... Most of the time, people usually use their voice to stand up during injustice is when a situation hits close to home or is personal. So this is personal to Daniel, and you know what, if, imagining if his parents got stolen like that, he'd obviously take offense to that, you know, yeah. having his parents work so hard and surviving off of the only store they have and someone just stealing it, like it's nothing. Obviously, like, takes something off in him, and he kind of just st- stepped up and took care of the situation himself, which was really cool. Yeah, I was actually also mad about this scene. <laughs> I guess I was mad about a lot of scenes. <laughs> but um, when it was also Natasha's boyfriend who was stealing from the store, and so that added extra angry emotions towards the um, guy who was stealing. I forgot his name because he was irrelevant. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I totally agree. It's just like when something's close to home, it makes it like have the emotions that are stronger and then for why people use their voice to stand up to justice for mine I said that um people sometimes stand up for it by having good morals and other times it's um because they understand that they like humanize the people so for my quote I said I'm all all the way to the door my hand on the knob when he says Miss Kingsley wait and so that's the lawyer also talking to Natasha And I think this is when he kind of realized that she's a human too, you know, she has emotions, she has feelings. And he realized that he might be able to do something for her. He has an impact on her whole life. And I think that was a super important part. 
Yeah, so as I said before from my previous comment on her stuff, so once he finally saw Natasha as a human and, like, empathized with her, he started changing his perspective on a lot of things, yeah. which is, I think, is, um, like, quite a big deal today because there's a lot of disagreements today and other people, they usually don't see what the other side feels, so they just ignore it and refuse to really do anything. So I encourage people to really, like, understand both sides and empathize with both you before really, like, making something because he probably feels really bad about telling Natasha all these bad things before getting to know her. Yeah, for sure. Well, that concludes our Pluto is also <laughs> planet, planet podcast. Um, we hope- featuring Angeline and Elizabeth. We hope you enjoyed and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Okay, say bye. Okay. Bye. bye.